There's growing consensus in Papua New Guinea that the current national election, marred by violence, vote tampering and misinformation, is the worst the country has experienced in its nearly 50 years of independence. Our correspondent, Scott Wyde, says he's never seen anything like it in his more than 20 years of covering PNG elections. Don Wiseman spoke with the executive director of PNG's Independent Institute of National Affairs, Paul Barker, about the issues affecting the poll and looked at what needs to change. He began by asking how bad the current poll is. Yes, well, I mean, each successive election seems to have got a step worse. We thought the 2017 was was the worst on record, and this time round it seems to be a, a progression from that in, in the wrong direction. And it's sort of, it seems to start at the inadequate update of the role and electoral rolls so that very large numbers are not on the roll and there's a level of frustration then within the the voting community and of course amongst the the candidates. We're also seeing a lot of shifting around of ballot boxes which has happened before but it seems to sort of be happening more this time without sort of adequate authorization explanation sometimes large numbers of ballot boxes. We're hearing of cases of uh, places where no one seemed to vote, and yet multiple ballot boxes seem to be being counted. So yes, there are a lot of issues, but it's the preparation stage. If you haven't got the adequate update of the role in the first place, you're starting to create uncertainty, discontent, and uh, and distrust. Who's to blame for that? Is it simply the Electoral Commission, or is it because the Electoral Commission hasn't been properly funded? Well, it's a combination of them both. The responsibility for updating the electoral roll is the Electoral Commissions, and uh, at the local level, it's particularly a core responsibility of the respective returning officers. But, of course, those returning officers were only appointed in the last months. The Commissioner himself was only appointed sort of uh, late last year, uh, and although he has been a, a permanent staff member, obviously uh, one of the factors is you are meant to have a national census sort of prior to elections or within a reasonable period. The last time we've had a national census is 2011, so that's a fair while ago, and that's meant to provide a, a bit of a basis for the common role updates. But, of course, it is the responsibility of the Electoral Commission. But a lot of what happens is that after each election, all kinds of issues get raised, concerns get raised, and commitments to do things better. And and work is done by the Constitutional Law Reform Commission and the Registrar of Political Parties identifying problems, reports from the observers and so on, the external and the domestic observers. But then as the five-year interval goes by, very little actually happens on the ground in the first period, and then funds start getting released rather late in the day and the year before and then at the last minute. And we added this time seven new electorates at the last minute to add to the already substantial challenges for the Electoral Commission. What's the solution, Paul? Well, the solution is very early preparation. Certainly many people are saying a biometric system would make life a lot uh, easier, but obviously that involves a lot of preparation. Uh, There was a decision to go that way in May of last year, apparently, by the government, but obviously that was far too late in the day to undertake 
such an exercise. One needs to sort of start, have the national census as soon as possible for multiple purposes, including election purposes, and then to go ahead with progressive updating of the roles, making sure that those roles are widely accessible to people as well. They should be being posted on notice boards. Instead, it was like at the last minute it was accessible online and then it seemed to be offline again. So people weren't able to check. And then the lists, people didn't know where to vote. Uh, the lists were uh, were not accessible and, and they had to walk around from polling station to polling station, unable to find their names and in the end, in many cases, unable to vote. So total lack of trust resulted from that. So we need to sort of have it prepared early, adequate budget allocations to achieve the uh, objectives and the transparency early on, because that's critical for building up the levels of trust, because that's so fundamental. And a lot of election awareness out in the communities on what to expect, what standards to demand. So it really requires a wide community participation, participation from non-government organizations, wide accessibility to the outcomes of the reports from the international and domestic observer teams and an actual application of, uh, of those recommendations, both domestic and international. Okay. And really a... a, a um, a coordinated approach. Obviously, the Electoral Commission at the centre, and if there have to be significant reforms to the Electoral Commission to improve the accountability mechanisms, ensure that there is a, a strong independent advisory committee there that maybe has some teeth as well, maybe to um, strengthen the commission so that it's a three-person commission rather than the one person, and clearly to make sure that there's a system for selection of returning officers who are not going to be seen to be uh, unduly connected with the, the sitting members but are impartial for this purpose.